Thank you for listening to the iCritical Care Podcasts with your new host, Michael S. Weinstein, MD, FACS, FCCP. For copyright and disclosure information, please listen to the notice at the end of this podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Weinstein. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Peter M. Dodek, M.D., lead author of an article published in May 2012, Critical Care Medicine, titled The Relationship Between Organizational Culture and Family Satisfaction in Critical Care. Dr. Dodek is a professor in the Division of Critical Care of the Department of Medicine at the University of British Columbia. He is additionally a practicing intensive care physician and a health services researcher at the Center for Health Evaluation and Outcomes Sciences at St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Dodek. Thank you. Dr. Dodek, it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be able to talk to you regarding your recent publication. You have been particularly interested and on the cutting edge of research regarding patient safety, organizational culture, and outcomes in critical care. Perhaps you can begin by telling us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in these topics. Well, it's a it's a it's an interesting story. I guess I, I mean, I tr- my training is an internist and then a, mm-hmm. a critical care a pulmonary physician. And in fact, I did basic science uh, work for about nine years. Mm-hmm. I was my fellowship and I work as a staff member after my fellowship was in uh, basic physiology of pulmonary edema. And um, then I uh, after I, I uh, took on a staff position here in Vancouver. Um, I got more interested in in the, uh, the processes of care, and and then uh, learned about quality improvement about uh, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, uh, when it was first starting, when the Institute for Healthcare Improvement actually even before it was formed, uh, when Don Berwick was first working mm-hmm. on the uh, in the what was called the National Demonstration Project, and I saw there was uh, opportunities, big opportunities for improvement in the care that we provide, and so. Um, I went back and I did a master's in, in um, clinical epidemiology, and that uh, that degree and the courses I took really gave me the tools to, to do uh, quality improvement, but really from a perspective of a health services researcher, so just to be a bit more rigorous uh, in terms of using some of the established tools of epidemiology. So since that time, which was about 1995, I switched my, my research direction from basic science to health services research. And I've been looking at determinants of outcomes, a variety of outcomes uh, in critical care, um, in critical care since that time. Uh, then I got, also got involved in the Canadian Critical Care Trials Group, which is a national consortium of, of uh, clinician researchers. Thank you. You've certainly been quite productive and a major contributor to many areas in critical care. In this particular study, you looked at family satisfaction as it relates to organizational culture. These are two terms that certainly have become more and more familiar to many healthcare providers. But perhaps we can begin by defining these two terms and uh, understanding their value and importance. You certainly hear physicians, uh, for example, challenge the uh, notion of measuring uh, patient or family satisfaction as an important outcome. They argue, for example, that our job is simply to make patients better, and it doesn't matter whether or not patients or families are satisfied. 
Can you better help us define these uh, areas and uh, recognize their value? Sure. So um, starting with family satisfaction, uh, family satisfaction in the intensive care setting is a surrogate for patient satisfaction. And patient satisfaction uh, is a measure of the domain that's been called patient-centeredness, one of the uh, key domains of quality according to the, uh, to the U.S. Institute of Medicine. So uh, we're really trying to get at this concept of the, uh, the, the patient experience uh, as viewed through the family because, of course, uh, in the intensive care setting, the patients often don't remember, and that's probably a good thing, uh, many of the experiences they have. Uh, this this uh, measure is also known as acceptability sometimes, and it's, it's really, again, the perspective on the care experience. And interestingly, um, there was a recent study uh, in Switzerland that shows that when they actually had the opportunity to compare patient perspectives uh, to the family's perspective, there was a good correlation. So we can feel reasonably comfortable that what the family says uh, reflects what the patient would think as well. So um, that's that measure. And the, the other uh, concept is of organizational culture. Well, uh, this has been defined in very simple ways. Uh, one author has called it simply how things are around here, describing the workplace. And another one has said uh, culture is to the organization what personality is to the individual. Those are quotes from uh, Kilman, 1986. Anyway, the, uh, the concept really is that this is a description of the workplace, but really it includes things such as communication, teamwork, leadership, uh, other concepts uh, that relate to uh, what it, how it is to work in a given workplace. And why is this important? Well, uh, in many other industries, organizational culture has been studied um, both quantitatively and qualitatively, and it is associated with meaningful outcomes. Uh, and more and more, there have been measures of organizational culture in healthcare. And in fact, uh, like these other industries, it does uh, uh, correlate with uh, meaningful outcomes, including patient outcomes. So uh, that's why uh, I've chosen to study this concept as a potential determinant of the outcome of family satisfaction. So organizational culture may relate to outcomes in uh, our critically ill patients. Uh, in this case, you're looking at uh, the outcome of family satisfaction uh, as a surrogate for patient satisfaction, uh, and perhaps that in and of itself is a uh, determinant of uh, other uh, health outcomes in critical care. Exactly. Before we get into the actual results, um, maybe you can take us through some of the methods that you use for this study. Certainly, I must admit that I wasn't familiar with the principle of generalized estimating equation, for example. Can you help us with some of these terms? Sure. So, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, we're really interested in, in seeing if there is a relationship between uh, measures of organizational culture and measures of family satisfaction. And so it's really a, a correlation um, or an association that we're looking for. So these uh, statistical techniques that uh, you mentioned are, are really techniques that are used to test the hypotheses of association. That is the association between an explanatory or sometimes called independent variable, in this case uh, that would be organizational culture, and an outcome or sometimes called dependent variable, and in this case that would be family satisfaction. And the idea here is to see whether there's a relationship between one and the other after adjustment for other confounding variables, other variables that might affect that relationship. Now, generalized estimating equation, or sometimes known as GEE, uh, is a variant uh, of uh, multivariable modeling, such as logistic regression or other types of regression that are, are commonly used in, in these uh, studies of association. 
And this uh, specific method adjusts for the non-independence or, or clustering of observations. For example, uh, measures that are obtained on the same patient over time or measures from the same hospital. So, for example, in our setting, uh, we did uh, we surveyed staff members in uh, different ICUs, 23 different ICUs, and we want to be sure that we adjust for the fact that there may be similarities among members of the same ICU. So survey responses from individuals who all work in the same ICU may be similar because of the ICU they work in. This technique, GEE, adjusts for that non-independence or that similarity of observation. So this would be similar to the multivariate analysis that perhaps many of our readers are familiar with? It is a type of multivariate analysis. That's what it is. It is a variant of multivariate analysis. It simply uh, it takes it one step further to adjust for this non-independence of observation. I see. Okay. The other concept, uh, interclass correlation coefficient, actually is, is a relatively minor part of, this, of our study, but it's a study to, um, I guess, to help uh, lend some strength to our conclusions. Interclass correlation is a measure of the similarity of measures among subjects who are purported to come from the same group. So in this case uh, of our study, we're looking at uh, examining the similarity of scores for each of the domain of the organizational culture from respondents who came from the same ICU. Uh, the significance is this, is if the intraclass correlation is low, um, then finding no significant differences as uh, in terms of looking at organizational culture and family satisfaction may be due to the fact that there's a lack of homogeneity within each of the groups, that is, of the, of the ICU groups. However, um, it was kind of a moot point in our uh, case because uh, despite the fact that there was a range of these intraclass correlation values, we did find strong differences. And so uh, it wasn't a limitation in our case. Uh, but it was, a, it was actually a, uh, a test that was, uh, was, uh, we added just to lend some strength to uh, our analysis. Great. Thank you. I think that uh, certainly clears things up a bit and helps us with some of those uh, statistical methods that um, hopefully we're now more familiar with. Can you can you next take us a little bit further through your methods and uh, some of the uh, both positive correlations and, and negative correlations that you identified? So um, this was a study of, um, as I mentioned, um, 20 intensive care units in Canada. Most of them were in British Columbia, uh, but some were in Ontario and also in Alberta. And um, what we did is we distributed uh, organizational and safety culture surveys uh, to the staff in, in these ICUs. And then also, uh, in a separate uh, fashion, we distributed uh, the FSICU24, which is a validated uh, family satisfaction survey, to family members uh, of patients who had spent at least 48 hours in the ICU. And these were family members who had visited the patient. We got about a 44% response rate from ICU staff and um, a 57% response rate from family members of ICU non-survivors and a 68% response from family members of ICU survivors. So we ended up with uh, about 1,285 uh, organizational culture surveys and about 880 uh, family satisfaction survey. Those are certainly fantastic response rates, uh, much higher than I'm used to. Yeah, we're, so we're very comfortable with that because we have a good response rate and it's over a broad range of ICUs, um, a mixture of, of uh, tertiary and community ICUs, by the way. 
And um, most we found interesting um, that most of the family members uh, were women, um, and most of the ICU patients were men, which is uh, not a surprise. In fact, if you look at most studies of ICUs, you find mostly men admitted there, and that's a whole other story, which we have also addressed in a separate publication. But most of the uh, people who responded from the family perspective were women. And the important uh, observation that we found here was that after adjustment for the confounders, that other that is other patient, family, and unit uh, descriptors, that the family members of ICU non-survivors were actually more satisfied with decision-making than family members of ICU survivors. This is consistent with uh, the observation that uh, uh, some other researchers have found. Interestingly, that the family members of non-survivors seem more satisfied. We uh, then looked at the associations between organizational culture and family satisfaction. We looked at each of the domains. There were 34 domains in the in the uh, survey that we used, and uh, examined them individually. Again, adjusting for these patient, and family, and ICU factors, and uh, looked to see whether they're related to family satisfaction with care or family satisfaction with decision making. What we found that there were very few associations. Uh, between organizational culture and family satisfaction for the family members of ICU survivors. And we postulate that this is possibly due to fewer interactions between ICU staff and these family members. If you think about it, if a patient is doing very well, um, there probably isn't as many, uh, there aren't as many demands for family meetings um, um, or answering questions. Um, and so we probably don't interact as much with those people. Um, however, we did find many associations and these are in the positive direction, meaning that uh, a higher score, a more positive score in organizational culture, for example, a higher per, uh, perception of teamwork or communication or conflict avoidance, these are all good things in the ICU, was associated with a higher score in, uh, with, or satisfaction with care or satisfaction with decision-making uh, among the family members of ICU non-survivors, and particularly among the the uh, family members of ICU non-survivors who spent at least 14 days in the ICU. We did stratify a priori into these uh, two uh, durations of stay <clears throat> because we recognized that um, family members would have more exposure uh, beyond a certain period. And just looking at the literature about how others have described long lengths of stay, we, we chose these cutoffs in it, uh, based on, on uh, those studies. So uh, it appears that you know, for the family members who we spend the most time with, and uh, uh, and for the and who and who are the fat, the uh, loved ones of patients who spend a long time in the ICU, there is a relationship between organizational culture and family satisfaction. Now, this is a cross-sectional study, and so we can't really uh, infer causality. In other words, we don't know which one causes which. However, um, if we uh, assume, and and we can we can hypothesize, really only at this stage, that uh, organizational culture changes in organizational culture may lead to changes in family satisfaction, uh, and I and I would presume that direction only because the, the organizational culture really comes first, and the family satisfaction, of course, is assessed later. But um, if we can presume that, then this is uh, yet another way that we might be able to improve the family perspective of care in the ICU. Uh, that is by improving the organizational culture. And there are many, many ways of improving organizational culture. There are explicit ways of improving communication, um, things like crew resource management. There are explicit ways of improving teamwork, uh, such as the Team Steps program and others, and, uh, and, and other um, explicit ways of improving organizational culture. So an implication of our study 
is that um, because we found this association, then it, it's not only good to improve organizational culture for its own sake, but it may also lead to improvements in family satisfaction. Interesting. Were, were there um, differences in terms of the, which domains of organizational culture seem to play a role? Well, as it turns out, uh, uh, quite a few of them were very important. And in our paper, um, in our in the tables, we list about uh, 15 of the domains uh, that were important uh, in, in, the, in these relationships, that is, for the family members of non-survivors. And they range from uh, communication uh, within groups, timeliness of communication, leadership, uh, perceived technical quality of care, problem-solving uh, strategies, uh, other uh, teamwork measures, uh, so there's and supervisor expectations. There's there's quite a range of them. So um, uh, of the 34, there were about uh, 15 that would have the strongest relationships. And we were quite conservative, by the way, in our p-value because we had so many um, relationships that we were examining. We we chose a cutoff of p less than 0.01 just to make sure that we weren't um, you know, selecting uh, associations that might simply be due to chance. So are there one or two domains that seem to play the largest role in that? Uh, well, if outcome? we look at, uh, for example, at the at the um, the uh, the uh, coefficient, that is the the value that is uh, shows the strength of the relationship. Um, things like uh, teamwork and communication, leadership, these had very high coefficients. Uh, problem solving strategies, these had very high coefficients compared to some of the others. Um, and so, uh, but you know, at, at what I would suggest is that to, to some of these may be harder to address than others. But the ones that I mentioned earlier, in terms of explicit approaches to improving communication, to improving teamwork, and of course, there are many strategies to improving leadership. These are things that we could do right now to um, not only improve organizational culture, but because they are strongly associated with family satisfaction, uh, they may also lead to improvements in family satisfaction. And I imagine these would be uh, important for other outcomes in the ICU as well. Well, that's true. In fact, there there have been uh, other studies that have examined the relationship between organizational culture and safety culture uh, and patient outcomes. Uh, and uh, in fact, so there are there are now there's now an emerging body of literature on that subject, looking at at uh, patient outcomes. So it it seems to be a good thing to improve the workplace uh, in terms of not just from the staff's perspective, but also from the perspective of uh, uh, providing good care and outcomes for our patients, and then with our study, uh, good uh, outcomes from the family's perspective as well. Great. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, just thinking anecdotally about the patients that do uh, expire uh, in the ICU or die in the ICU um, compared to those that survive. The most memorable patients and probably the most uh, intimate interactions are often with the the patients who uh, who don't survive. Uh, so it is an interesting finding. Yeah, I would agree with that. I work, of course, as an intensivist here, and uh, it seems to, the, the families we get to know best are, um, regrettably, I guess in some sense, the ones of uh, the patients who, who expire. But uh, I think our, our study also points to the opportunity to improve uh, our relationships with the family members of ICU survivors as well. Uh, because, in fact, in some cases, in our study, we found in some cases there were negative associations. There were very few associations, but the, some of the ones that were there, some of them were negative. In other words, that where the staff might have perceived um, imp- uh, a better communication openness, the family satisfaction was, was uh, lower. Um, and we wondered whether 
there may be some misunderstandings. That is, uh, where staff think that there's more communication openness, the family may may perceive that as too much communication or, or inappropriate communication or something like that. This is all just hypothesis, but it, it suggests that perhaps we should be uh, spending more time with those family members as well. Yeah. And was there any correlation with the, the, more the, the patients that spent a long time in the ICU but didn't die? They, they made it out of the intensive care unit compared to the patients with shorter stays? You know, um, there were some relationships, but um, this is for the ICU survivors. Uh, but in fact, it, it, there were equal number of, of significant relationships, only a few, uh, as I mentioned, overall uh, in the um, short stay and the long stay. In fact, there were there were probably more significant relationships in the shorter stay for the sh- families, members of shorter stay. Mm, interesting. Interesting. And those were actually negative. <laughs> in other words, uh, you know, more right. positive organizational culture associated with a lower family satisfaction with uh, this case decision making. Uh, and in terms of, uh, you, know, you, you looked at a wide variation, both community, academic, uh, hospitals. Was there wide variation in terms of organizational culture and family satisfaction? Actually not. We did examine that in, uh, in, a, in an earlier paper that we've already published on the, on this, uh, from this project where we examined the organizational culture scores in more detail. Uh, we found, um, just uh, looking at the median and, and interquartile range for the, each of the domains, of 34 domains across the 23 hospitals, uh, really no, re- no relationships. We, we plotted this by size of ICU, the number of beds in the ICU, and we didn't find any, any particular relationships uh, across uh, uh, the, the various ICUs, similarly for family satisfaction. Each hospital has its own little, I guess, um, opportunities for improvement in family satisfaction, but there was no specific trend, which is, I think is what you're asking. But. Yeah. Certainly we all have room for improvement in these areas. Yeah. It turns out that uh, communication is a big one, and um, one of the other things that comes up frequently is uh, the space uh, in which the families uh, uh, spend time, like the waiting room and the bedside. Uh, we've uh, we did a qualitative study as well on our fa- from the from these family satisfaction surveys that is analyzing the comments from the families and we published that also in critical care medicine and uh, found that, that these are some of the important issues that need to be improved across the number of ICs. Very interesting. I've certainly noticed uh, in moving to a brand new intensive care unit with uh, nice big rooms and a huge family waiting area that the uh, satisfaction. Uh, with both staff and and uh, patients and families has improved. Moving forward, where do you uh, see the next areas of uh, opportunity and investigation? Well, there's a couple of things uh, that I'm interested in now. For emerging from this study, uh, because of the availability of some of these tools to improve uh, communication and teamwork, and particularly uh, the Team Steps program, which is one that I've I've been intrigued by, uh, I'm interested in um, in studying the effect of, of, of improving our teamwork using a, uh, some sort of an explicit education like Team Steps, and then to repeat measures of um, both organizational culture and family satisfaction afterwards in a in a quality improvement kind of a design uh, to see whether this makes a difference. I mean, it's possible that we may make, take this further into a larger randomized trial, but at least as a pilot to to see whether it makes a difference in a before after study. The other area that I've uh, become interested in is uh, moral distress in uh, the uh, ICU staff, which is the distress that people feel when they're caught between what they think they ought to do and what they're told to do, 
And so actually we are, we are in the um, middle of a study where we're, where we're examining the relationships between moral distress and uh, patient outcomes. So it's a, it's a kind of a variant on organizational culture, but it's really looking at a specific aspect of, uh, of, the, of the working environment. So that, that's what we're doing right now. And are those similar type outcomes in terms of family satisfaction or, or different outcomes related uh, to moral distress? Yeah, the moral distress, we're actually examining um, uh, patient safety outcomes because our hypothesis in that study is that um, increased moral distress leads to increased general distress that is, uh, and, and cognitive uh, errors, that is, errors of making decisions about doing things, which then may lead to um, uh, adverse uh, safety events uh, such as hypoglycemia and patients on insulin or uh, catheter-related bloodstream infections, other, other things that may be related to um, processes of care that require vigilance in the ICU. Yeah. You know, I, would, I would think that moral distress might be perceived by families um, and have influences on family satisfaction as well. That's quite correct. In fact, I, I, I'm just uh, working with another colleague who's, who's interested in moral distress in the family members who are caregivers of um, uh, elderly and, um, and demented patients. And um, so we're going to try and examine this, this question of moral distress in family caregivers as well. But for now, my study is looking at uh, moral distress in the um, ICU caregivers, that is the nurses, uh, the physicians, and other healthcare professionals. Great. Well, thank you so much. We've been speaking today with Peter M. Dodek, MD, lead author of an article published in May 2012, Critical Care Medicine, entitled The Relationship Between Organizational Culture and Family Satisfaction in Critical Care. Thank you so much, Dr. Dodek. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity of doing this. It was a I haven't done this this kind of thing before, I've, uh, and so it was a new experience. But it also uh, gave me the opportunity to review, all, you know, go over my my paper right. again <laughs> and make sure that I kind of capture the key points, um, and then then to also do a little update on the on my literature search. So this is a good good motivation for me too. Well, this concludes another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's Eye Critical Care Podcast. Thank you for listening, and please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information. For the iCriticalCare podcast, I'm Dr. Michael Weinstein. Michael S. Weinstein, MD, FACS, FCCP, serves as an associate editor for the iCriticalCare podcasts. Dr. Weinstein is associate professor of surgery at Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is director of the Surgical ICU and executive medical co-director of the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital Programs for Critical Care. His clinical and academic interests relate to palliative care integration in the intensive care unit, medical ethics, diaphragmatic pacing, and spinal cord injury. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.